Hello there, my friends and fellow warriors, and welcome to another episode of Warriors and Hope. Today, I have with me one of your favorite guests, and I haven't actually had him on here for a long time. He's my son, Sean. So let me first just say welcome, Sean. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming. Uh, it seems kind of funny that we're sitting here like introducing each other when yeah. you're my son and I'm your mom, but... You have to remember there's people listening, so <laughs> it has to be, it makes sense for them. That's true. Um, so, you know what's really funny? Actually, I don't know if it's funny at all, but probably wouldn't surprise the people who listen to me a lot is I am not super scripted when I do podcasts at all anyway, and I typically have some kind of notes, sometimes not very many. Guess what today is? No note day. We literally don't even have a particular topic in mind, except for like three minutes ago, we thought we should talk about humor, mm -hmm. <clears throat> right? And specifically, what we were talking about is that when you go through really tough times, and especially extended periods of time, or when you have a tragedy or loss or somebody dies, and you think, well, I'm not supposed to laugh. What kind of a, a fool would be laughing when you're going through tough times. So you have these 24 hour periods that go on for weeks and months and you're not supposed to laugh at all. But don't you think that's kind of common that people are almost afraid it's irreverent or disrespectful or they shouldn't? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's hard because everyone knows that bringing levity to a situation makes it um, easier to handle, I suppose. But it is a delicate subject because if you're talking about something that is a matter close to the heart, you don't want to be, like you said, insensitive to somebody else. But at the same time, you do know the benefits of if you're able to, you know, look at things from a positive light, add a little bit of a humorous spin to even a tough situation. Well, you know what, Sean? Actually, if I had been prepared for this, there are studies that show that laughter, laughter's, you know, there was this... Reader's Digest that, you know, you're way too young to know about, but they had this um, thing called laughter is the best medicine. And it was just these little funny little, you know, quip things. And so the thing about laughter being the best medicine is it's true. It's not just about your frame of mind. They are actually physiological mm -hmm. and medical, I mean, physical benefits to laughter. Yeah. I've actually, oddly enough, done research about this, that the equivalent of singing really loudly five minutes in your car or laughing hard five minutes per day both touch the vagus nerve and stimulate the brain, which reduces like cortisol and stress and increases life expectancy. So legitimately, oh, wow. there's a an actual, like you said, a physiological um, benefit. To... So it, it turns out I didn't need to look it up. <laughs> you yeah. already knew. Okay, mm -hmm. so now... Too bad we can't take a poll right now of the listeners because we could ask them if they would rather that we sang right now for five minutes straight or we just start laughing for five minutes. I think that if we started singing, it'd be funny for them for the first 30 seconds. <laughs> and then after that, it might be a little bit just less painful. Might be a little less humorous. We might get a couple skips. Yeah, it might just be flat out painful. Yeah, well, so it's okay. So I've been the, the person who has laughed at. Uh, I don't know if you call them inopportune or maybe um, moments when other people would never do it. And I know that I just kind of have a wacky sense of humor and it just kind of is who I am. I I find humor in, in ways and things that people don't. Um, I mean, you can remember, Sean, when you and Jamie were 
young and I would say all my funny things. And even if I saw a little crack of a smile in your mouth, <laughs> you just did not want to give me any credit. Right. Mm -hmm. And you guys would always go, mom, you're not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important to even amuse yourself. Yeah. But if you're not a funny person, I guess comedy shows would be a good thing that people can do or a funny television program or YouTube's right. There's all sorts of humor you can find everywhere. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because there's there is definitely corollary benefits to how are you in a bad mood while you're in the middle of laughing. I don't think it's possible. I, I heard a comedian talk about that Theo Vaughn, who I've to told you about multiple times. He said for him, it was when he made other people laugh. He knew that they couldn't possibly be judging him or disliking him. They had to be liking him oh. because he was seeing a positive reaction physically from them. So it's there is something psychologically to laughter and if you're not the funny person it doesn't mean that you can't find things to laugh at or to regurgitate i mean there's plenty of ways to bring humor into it, it doesn't have to be you doing a rodney dangerfield stand-up <laughs> right, you know? that's true well you know what's funny i was thinking about this earlier that when, I, when we thought a few minutes ago i guess when we decided to maybe chat about this how jamie really was understood humor and got at a really young age i mean really young yeah. She was in a car seat, and this is back when you only were in a car seat till you were two, maybe three. And I would see something funny, you know, I'd drive by or something. I'd look over at her like she was an adult, and she'd crack up, you know. She always had a really good sense of humor. What's funny about it to me now is you were a lot more serious when you were younger. But now, I mean, not now. Obviously, it developed a lot earlier than now. You have a great sense of humor. As a matter of fact, you even thought about wanting to become a comedian. Yeah. Well, I think some of that is like introspection for me because starting out, I was real serious. And because of that, I had a little bit more consternation with other people. I was a little bit more, I was known as like in middle school and high school and stuff, like don't mess with Sean, that kind of thing. Well, when and you're then, a big person, I think that yeah, happens anyway. But. Yeah. So I think I had that initially, but then when I got older and realized, oh, I can make people laugh, make people like most people walk into a party, kind of get on the outskirts, grab a drink. Find I find myself immediately walking up to the people that I don't know, talking, entertaining them, making them laugh, which makes me feel good in turn. And then later I'll always hear the feedback of like, your buddy Sean, he's hilarious. He talks a lot, but he's hilarious. <laughs> well, how can you be hilarious if you don't talk a lot? I know. I mean, you can't just look at people. I guess you could. Yeah, it's death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, so... I remember this time, Sean, oh my gosh, this would seem so inappropriate. And probably because you were young at the time, had you been there, you would have been horrified. I don't think you would have laughed. I don't, I'm, I don't know if I told you this story ever, but so we had, I had a really, one of my very best friends and her son died when he was 17. And, and this was of course at a time where I couldn't have even imagined losing a kid. It was, Graham, I remember that. it was so horrible, horrible. He actually committed suicide and it was so sad and so tragic, and and Sarah and her younger son, Graham, had moved to North Carolina, and she literally called me one day. You know what? She called me, Sean, and she goes, do you have a room available for tomorrow? And I was like, well, of course, you're coming tomorrow. That's how she started the conversation when she told me about this tragedy with Graham. Uh, but anyway, it was terrible. So she came and stayed with me, and of course, I was with her for every moment during, remember, there was a viewing for like five days and all of this mm -hmm. really hard stuff. And, you know, making videos and planning the memorial service and all the just hard stuff. So we had to go and pick out a casket. 
There is nothing humorous about being in a funeral home. Especially when burying your child. No. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. But what happened was, it was Charlotte and Sarah and I, and so they were showing us stuff, and I didn't know anything about this. I hadn't ever picked out a casket before. I think my grandparents, they were cremated. I just, I hadn't. So they were, she was, they were in this room and it had all these caskets in it. And then it had this little metal box and she was supposed to, you know, pick out what you wanted for this metal box. And I said something like, well, I don't understand. Why would you put a casket on top of that box? And somebody said to me, that's just a little box showing what the metal's like. It goes around the casket. And I thought it was the dumbest thing. I'd, I don't usually say a lot of dingy <laughs> things, but it, it was so dingy that I couldn't help it. And I laughed. How ridiculous, right? Well, guess what happened? They started laughing, I'm sure. Hysterically. As a matter of fact, Sarah's ex-husband, Graham's dad, was in the other room. And he came in the room like, what the heck? What could is you possibly be howling about in here? Yeah. And you know what? We never felt badly about it. We were not laughing about Graham by any stretch, but it had been so intense and so sad and so emotional. I think we needed that release. I'd imagine that Sarah in particular was probably grateful for a moment or two while she wasn't thinking about losing her son. I would imagine that she looks back at that as a fond memory. Yeah. I would think. I've looked for, for moments like that with stuff with Jamie too. Devin, who's my best friend for the people who have not um, heard me mention him before, he and I, I've told him, because I'm so close with him, that joke, no joke is off limits if the purpose of it is, is for humor. So he'll make a joke about Jamie to make me laugh. He'll say stuff that most people would be horrified by, but it's entertaining to me. It makes me chuckle and people are like, how could you possibly find a joke about your dead sister funny? Like, well, she's going to be gone regardless of whether I'm laughing or not. Right. And me sitting around being miserable isn't doing anybody any good. So the ability to to have humor has been really positively impactful for me. Well, I also think, too, when I think about Jamie in particular, and maybe some other people wouldn't think this about their loved one, but Jamie, because she had such a good sense of humor, and she was also, she had broad shoulders. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you teased her, she could take it pretty well. So I, I picture her kind of, she would just say something like, Hey, listen there, Missy. She'd say that to me all the time if I gave her crap or joked around. I feel like if she were even here, she would have been okay with it, right? Mm -hmm. But it, but you you make the best point though, Sean. They're not here, and so you guys, this isn't to say that that everyone should be running into the uh, funeral homes. Yeah, and... don't. I'm not saying go home and write a five minute stand up comedy bit about your your drug addicted person in your family or whatever yeah or run to the but, nearest nursing or nursing home your, funeral home giving and... yourself the right to feel those moments of humor and joy is really important yeah i think and maybe i guess you hit it right on the head it's the permission it's the right it's that it's okay yeah um do you so you know how you see these old movies and they have a mourning period Mm -hmm. Right. And they, the women would be all dressed in black. Right. And they have the black lace. Like in traditional Jewish culture, they do like a right. shiva. Is that they, what it is? Okay. Like, and I think they, it's, they sit shiva for so many days, a certain is number it... of days with the family. Yeah. And I think even I've seen movies where it's like even the mafia or whatever. And they're, they had mourning. Yeah, yeah. There's a period of mourning. They did it in ancient war times. If, uh, if the king's son died in battle, the opposing people would give him three days to, to mourn before continuing battle. Yeah, so it's interesting. Well, even the Bible talks about there's a time for mourning. I don't remember exactly what it says, but there's a time for mourning. There's a time. In other words, there's a time for that. 
that tells me that even God himself is like, don't mourn all the time. We're not supposed to do it all the time. But I feel like a lot of people, when they go through loss, and it's understandable, Sean, but when they go through loss, I feel like they're almost wearing that black outfit and that black the veil veil for oh. years, yeah, sometimes forever. Yeah, that's probably true. I would think you can get, you can overdo literally anything, but I would so much rather overdo humor and comedy than misery and sadness personally. Right. It's just a choice that I've chosen to make because I just, when I do have those moments where I think about Jamie and the circumstances of her murder and the person that killed her, of course, I told you earlier how angry it makes me and I'll spare everyone here what I was talking about earlier because it's pretty brutal. But it's Yeah, we started going, we started um, going in that direction for an episode, by the way, my friends. Yeah. And it realized went downhill that, fast. Yeah, that's what actually brought us here was that we realized how mad it was making me talking about him and talking about the trial and that stuff. And then we kept talking and next thing we knew we were laughing and having a good old time after just talking about her murder five minutes prior and her murderer. Um, so that being said, we were able to find humor, change the subject, and definitely it was a more positive conversation once we did that too. It's, well, not, yeah. like, it's not like we're not still sad about Jamie or upset about the trial but both things can exist you can be upset about something but still have a good time and laugh about other things you can have both things i think that's the important point you just made that is really it right there you don't have to choose one or the other and i feel like you know thankfully for me i guess it's just because i don't know if it's a scottish irish in us or whatever but there's a lot of um self-deprecation and but it's all in good humor i'm not putting myself down and making myself feel like a bad person but I have a way of being able to do that. Like I tell people I have four legs and no arms. Seriously, if you see the size of my arms, you get it. And, you know, just kind of joking around. And so it comes naturally to you or me. So I think anybody who's listening and is going through tough times, if it does come naturally, you say, I remember that funny person that I was. You should find that person again mm -hmm. and, bring that, and, and bring that person out. I know the people around you would really appreciate it. And those benefits that you were talking about earlier... Yeah, I mean, for me personally, this is the most conceited thing in the world, but the truth is, making other people laugh makes me feel better than anything that I do for myself ever. So I know that when I'm somewhere, my goal is to try and be entertaining, but in return, that has made me someone that people want to be around because they think I'm funny, they find me entertaining, and because of that, it's sort of this cycle where like I want to keep getting the laughs, and I want to keep getting... And I want more of that. And then people like that and people want to be around you. And it creates sort of a, and, and the, the opposite is true too. When you're upset and miserable and pissed off, people are like, okay, I'm all right with this for now. And then eventually it's like, I can't be around that person. They're being too negative. Well, unless they're the kind of person that does want to be around that. And then it's like, I call it one downing. And then everybody's yeah. just going into it, the pit. The misery loves company. Yeah. Concept. The misery loves company. And then that doesn't help anybody at all. Well, I mean, you know, I've said this. I actually made this up. This is actually relatively funny. It's something that I now say and believe in, but it's something I completely made up as a cheesy BS line to get a job in a job interview. But they asked me to sum up myself and like my thought on the world. And I said, well, both negativity and positivity are self-perpetuating and you choose which to project. I choose to project positivity. Yeah. And they were like, oh, wow. And they were blown away. And I was full of crap. And I said, I didn't believe it for one second. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I've said it so many times since that I actually truly believe that. And it is a thought that I believe. I just said it in the moment, like, got to get this job. <laughs> but, That's funny. Yeah. But it's something that I truly believe. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that, and for the people who aren't naturally funny, I think about, you know, it's, it's one thing for me to go, you know, get, be funny and, you know, say these off the wall things like I do that come out of my brain but some people don't consider themselves very funny people. So then I always think, well, then just get around funny people. Hey, call Sean up. Yeah. He'll hang out with Listen you. Listen here, guys. We can't all be the funniest person in the room. <laughs> so sit back, relax, and give me a few laughs. <laughs> right. I can't have everyone thinking they're the funniest guy in the room. That's not going to work. <laughs> not going to work for you. No. But, I mean, like we said earlier, there's so many ways that you can find humor. But I think also it, it ne isn't necessarily like even a comedy show or whatever. Some of it's just this, lighten up. And I know that sounds ridiculous, okay? Because a lot of people who listen to this have sons and daughters in addiction. And, by the way, I wish that was the only thing they're going through. Sure. Most of us are going through all sorts of stuff at the same time. And then I have the audacity to say, lighten up. But I believe they, that we all need to lighten up a little. Yeah, it doesn't do any good to... There's, like you said, a time for mourning. There's also... A, there is a time... Um, I mentioned this, I think, on the previous podcast, but there's a guy that I that I really like, Jocko Willink. He was a 20-year Navy SEAL commander. Uh, he's the guy that says good when something bad is happening. He says good because it gives him an opportunity to grow to find a solution. Wow. But one of the things... That's an attitude. Yeah. One of the things he said is he doesn't believe in self-pity or feeling sorry for yourself, but he says you get if you are determined that today is a sad day for me, you get 24 hours. 24 hours you get to be upset. And then after that 24 hours, what are you going to do about it? You need to make a decision after that 24 hours. I'm no longer upset. Now here's how I'm going to work on solving the problem. And I don't mean solving the problem in that you're going to be upset for 24 hours and then you're going to figure out how to get your kid to stop doing heroin or right, you know, right. whatever. That's not what I mean. It's how are you going to manage your own expectations and the reality of your world? Because just sitting around feeling sorry for yourself isn't going to do anything. No, because I'm telling you what, I tried it for 13 years. I just, you know, thought I would give it the old college try. And I really went for it, Sean. I tried for 13 years. Mm -hmm. Felt sorry for myself. I tried to pull myself out here and there. I put on a good show for people. I was the life of the party, pretending. I was miserable. Um, yeah, I tried. I tried the downer way. And I, I really wish that I would have had that 24-hour thought. Because if you think about it, Okay, I give myself 24 hours to be down, and I know you've adopted this. I'd like to say that it's shorter, but maybe you need 24 hours. But then you don't get to the next day. Mm -hmm. But I guess if on the third day you had another 24-hour period, fine, right? It's a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, perfect example, actually, funny enough. Uh, my friend Johnny, who's a helicopter pilot, Black Hawk pilot in the Army, um, is in the process of becoming an airline pilot, actually works for an airline, and is finishing his last two weeks of training before he will actually fly planes and before that was driving uber which there's nothing wrong with that but he has two college degrees he's a helicopter pilot he was thinking it's a waste of his talents so he finally gets this job that he's wanted forever to fly planes he's been in the army for 15 years now and they tell him there's something wrong with one of his retinas and his career of flying may be over before he's even started so he called me all upset and I let him vent and I let him say everything. But then I told him that I was like, you get 24 hours to be pissed. But then tomorrow it's time to start calling other doctors, getting backup. And he did that. Or, or started, another plan if it really is yeah, true about your He started eye. doing that. He was really upset. Oh, my life is over. Everything's ruined. 
And then the next day he reached out to me and said, I called this person and this person. It turns out it may not be as bad as I thought. And he started finding a solution. He chose to to go the positive route. And I have yet to um, give him a hard time. But next time I see him, I'm going to wave my arms and be like, I'm right here. Can you see me? And I'll probably, you know, give him some vision joke of some sort. <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> But his visions actually—it turned out to be. Yeah, it turns out better. that he's that he's going to be okay and he's fine. So, but it, but don't we do that though? We tend to panic. We tend to go worst case scenario panic. It's almost like it's a way of uh, protecting ourselves so that we're not surprised if it turns out to be the bad thing. I've definitely found that in my life to be true. Yeah, I've had to fight that, not to yeah. go into that worst case mode. Very true. So I like that twenty-four hour period, and so. Also, for anybody who's listening and going, you know, I don't feel funny. I don't feel like laughing. I want to go back to something Sean said earlier, and I, I've thought this and said it myself, too. I want to challenge you to laugh and be upset and mad and worried and stressed and angry and whatever else while you're laughing. There's a, a game that my friends and I used to play when we were in Seattle, and it would rain for days on end, and everyone was sitting around sad just miserable because they hadn't seen the sun in months. months. <laughs> Literally, we would stare at each other and you would try to laugh without smiling and do like a ridiculous hysterical laugh. And then other people would watch you do it and then they would start laughing. And next thing you know, we were all cracking up and in smiling. the middle of room out of absolute nowhere. A stupid little game. It, it There was no rhyme or reason other than we just feel like Making ourselves laugh and having fun. Right so, now. See, and that was kids know. a whole lot more fun than just sitting around. But think about it. Adults find something like that ridiculous. Kids know. Mm -hmm. How funny that kids are smarter than we are. Kids know that laughter is good and, and, and important. Mm -hmm. So you, you try to, you laugh without smiling. Okay, like this? Yeah, stare at each other. You, stare okay. at, you have to stare at the person. No, it, it's, I'm doing it. It's ridiculous. I'm doing it. Ready? <laughs> you can't smile. <laughs> I can't not smile. So it'd be something like this. <laughs> and then you look outrageous when you do it. It makes you laugh. I I never knew that one. Yeah. Okay, that's what we want all of you guys to do. Go do the laughter exercise. It the will... larger a group, the better, by the way. If you've got 10 or 15 people doing it, you will start busting out laughing. Yeah, and let's find and find the one person in your group that goes, I'm not going to laugh. They'll laugh. Oh, yeah. You'll all be laughing. So that's our advice today. I don't know if this was helpful or not, but I hope so because every single person could use more laughter in their life, especially right now. Life is tough. The news is bad. The country's divided. We've got so much going on. I think we could all use a little more humor. Yeah, my final thought is... It's really, really easy to make a choice to be sad, but being happy is a whole lot more fun. So go out and get your daily dose of laughter because I promise you it's more fun than being sad. Absolutely. Amen. Okay, my friends, go to warriorsandhope.com, download our new app, and uh, we'll see you next time.